Yeah, I mean, that's shocking. And it's it's interesting to hear that they're not only having issues with the cars, but there's issues in the factories producing these cars. Yeah, it's just everywhere, just constantly in the news, it feels like. Yeah, well, yeah. you know, I would say all publicity is good publicity, but I mean, <laughs> racism is pretty, pretty damn bad. Racism, you know, secretly recording your customers, yeah. uh, crashing, you know, self-driving vehicles crashing. I don't think any of this is very good stuff. No, right I think now. that's pretty bad across the board. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, and in fact, I need to I'd be car shopping, in fact, this week, but I yeah. don't think I'm going for Tesla. Prioritizing profits. Prioritizing Prioritizing pro- Dangerous drug and product cases. Welcome back, everyone. Another episode of Prioritizing Profits, Dangerous Drug and Product Cases. Welcome, welcome. Back for another episode. Back on track. We're not missing anymore. Yeah, no, <laughs> and it's, it's nice kind of getting into the habit of it where you always know on a certain day, you're going to start recording. You kind of get the, the brain juices flowing, get a little hyped up. You get your ready, yourself ready to travel down, stop at uh, In-N-Out, get oh, all yeah. fed and, and, and watered and ready to well, ready it's, to entertain. It's a, it's a ritual now because I drive down from Phoenix to Tucson and at Florence, the halfway mark essentially, uh, there's an In-N-Out. And obviously there's In-N-Outs all across Arizona. Um, even obviously in Scottsdale as well, but the lines are absolutely insane. Like the closest one to me is right next to ASU, which is absurdly packed. And I can't stand waiting in those long lines. And the one in Florence never has a line. So it's a ritual that every time I drive down and drive back, stop it in and out, get a nice burger, high quality, fresh, cheap. What is it? A burger and fries, $7. I swear, I, this sounds so familiar. I think, you know, I, I, you must have some deal with them because you are definitely promoting it. I mean, last time, yeah, I think I talked about it last I time. I think you did. Big I, Macs are $11, and that's what? just the Big Mac. Yeah. That's insane. And the quality is just half as good. $11. I mean, I seriously haven't been to a McDonald's, and I didn't even know how long, but I can't even, I can't believe $11. That's outrageous. Yeah. Um, but getting into the episode, I mean, one thing that I was kind of thinking about, because I always like kind of starting off the episode with something maybe not completely law-based, <laughs> you know, a little bit a little bit more casual, a little bit more personal. Um, and I was talking to my friend this week, uh, this Andrew, Andrew Slackett. And also I, known as Z. I mean, I yeah. never hear you know, use his name. No, no, yeah. He, he goes by Z. But, um, you know, one thing that I asked him, I was like, you know, do, do you ever, when you're laying in bed, you think back to like an embarrassing moment or like a just a, like a cringy moment, something that, you know, gives you anxiety or that you were just really embarrassed and you just wince. Like it's a little painful. Kind of hurt. You're like, oh, God, like I, I, I wish I didn't, I didn't do that. I wish that didn't happen or that was, that was a tough time. And realistically, you know, a lot of those situations, they really don't matter in the scheme of things. But you think back to like that moment itself. Yeah. And you just I, can't get it out of your head. Yeah. It visits you at night. No, it does. It does. And and usually there's a bunch of different ones. But, uh, you know, especially when you're laying in bed and you're just hanging out, getting ready for sleep, and the little intrusive thoughts, they hop in there. And I was asking you about it before the show, and I guess Sarah showered, one and only, doesn't have any of these embarrassing, okay. no, no, rough no. moments here. No way. No, I have lots of them. I was just trying to think. Um, and in fact, I think for the first thing I said was most of them were involved back when I was drinking. And so, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, I mean, that's, that's an easy a, pre- precursor. Uh, yeah, that's, yeah, definitely. Um, and, and I, I, I do have some, I definitely do have some, um, but I, I, it was kind of a spur of the moment thing. So I'll yeah. probably 
share next week some more, um, or maybe as you're telling me it, because obviously you're just dying to tell us something. I am. I mean, you're you're just bursting at the seams. You've got <laughs> so maybe maybe after that, some will come back to me. Yeah, it'll get you get your brain running. Um, yeah. So I was driving down, and I was you know you just kind of get in your thoughts when you're driving, and I thought of this moment, and I was like, God, that was that was a rough one. Um, and it was in high school, and it was my senior year. Uh, and you have electives, and you usually, obviously, your senior year, you want to pick the class that's the easiest. That you don't really got to do yeah. any work, easy A, whatever you got to do. Yeah, um, and I, time. And I picked drama because drama, teacher was awesome, um, very easy, and the only requirement for the entire year, because you could kind of just mess around in class, the only requirement was that you had to do one public performance throughout that semester. And it could be anything. It could be at like a school meeting. It could be at, uh, you know, we had a lot of band nights or like night play nights and there'd be kind of like pre-shows. And so um, there might be little skits before that. And oh my God, I'm getting a little nervous just thinking about wow. it now. <sighs> yeah. So, uh, I mean, I've always been good at public speaking too, because I did mock trial and I always thought it would be very easy, you know, just an easy thing. You hop up there, you give a few lines. And I remember we had a play and I had one line one line in the play and I was thinking in my head I was like this is this is cash money <laughs> this is free just a free a right here um and and back then you know I might have been a, a little bit of a smoker partaked in a little bit of marijuana here or there uh, and uh I you know got ready for the play we had been rehearsing for about a few weeks like a month getting can, ready can I just add like what what was the play so I don't even remember it was it was based on apple products and okay. I, in the play, I was someone that was, you know, a massive Apple fan, diehard Apple fan. And I was sleeping outside of the store waiting for the newest product. What they well, think. It's not so far off. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Which I think was like an iPad or something okay, like yeah. that. Back in the day. Yeah. And uh, I only had one line and I can't even remember what exactly the line was. I think. <laughs> Imagine that. <laughs> yeah. And I think it was something along the lines of like, you know, I was, I was fake being asleep and, you know, people were walking by talking to me and they mentioned Apple. I'm like, oh, Apple? Oh my goodness. I love Apple. I always wait in line for their products. I can't wait for this new blah, blah, blah iPad to come out. I've been waiting here all night. Uh, real easy. Just like that. I'm pretty sure that was pretty close to the line. And I was uh, getting ready for the play, right? You know, it was after school. Might have smoked a little bit thinking, oh, who, who cares? You know? <laughs> Confession <Isn't> time. <laughs> no, no big deal. Uh we get there, we set up, I'm on a chair, got someone right next to me, faking asleep. Curtain opens up, and as soon as it opens up, I mean, the lights are insane. If you've yeah. never been on a, on a theater stage, I mean, it's like overwhelming. From yeah, super the, hot, right? Yeah, it's hot, and like, you can't even see the audience. It's like blinding. Um, and as soon as my eyes are closed, and as soon as it opens, I mean, I'm like blinded with my eyes closed, and I can like hear the people rumbling and everything, and immediately I feel my body shaking. Like my, oh my entire, gosh. like I was like actually shaking. I was like, oh my God, I'm like, what is this? My legs, you know, your legs where you kind of like, if you tap your feet a little bit, they were just like shaking like that normally. Uh, and, you know, my line comes up, I wake up, I'm like, oh, I love Apple. I always wait in line for <laughs> <laughs> completely blank. And I just sat there for a second. I, I love Apple. I always wait for their, couldn't think of it. <laughs> I said it a third time. Oh, my God. A third time. I reset it. And I mean, at this point, everyone around me, right? There's like five other people Are on stage. Are whispering or something? So I say it a third time. I'm like, I love Apple. always love their... And then, and, and at this point, they start feeling bad. I can hear the audience. The person right in front of me that I'm talking to starts whispering, you love Apple products. You love iPads. 
And I was like, I was literally shitting my pants. I couldn't do it. <laughs> and I resetted it again for the fourth time. I love Apple products. And then I remembered it. And I said, it. you know, I love Apple products. I always wait in line. I can't wait to get this new iPad, blah, 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 blah. And walk off the stage. And oh, my God. I mean, it was like just scarring embarrassment. And it, I mean, it was all the parents, a bunch of kids and everything. And realistically, it doesn't matter. Like looking back on it now, it's no big deal. No one gave me shit about it. I don't think anyone even remembers it. But you're reminding everybody now. <laughs> well, it's because I, I, you know. <laughs> Anybody was, who missed it now, and now could be a part of this whole yeah, embarrassing I was, experience. I mean, I was just driving down and I thought of it. I was like, wow. That was a Still. tough moment. <laughs> that just gives me a little anxiety to think about how I felt at that time. Wow. And it's just so interesting, too, because like you said, I mean, you're like so good at public speaking and, mm. and usually you're like super calm. And then apparently you were also smoking on top of that. Yeah. I mean, I would think that might relax you, too. No, or? it just gives me anxiety. I think oh. that was the issue. Like it made me more nervous, more anxious. Wow. And my memory wasn't on par. And even my, my drama teacher came up to me after and was like... What, well, you know, Ben, what happened? You know, oh. I thought you're so, I thought you were good at public speaking. You do it with mock trial all the time, right? And I was like, Yeah. I don't know. Just I guess I woke up on the wrong side of the bed that day. Wow. Well, that's unnecessary to call you out on it. I mean, it's not like you didn't know. It's not like Well, I mean, I think she was just curious. You know, I was, uh, at that point I'm a senior and you get certain expectations upon you to be a functioning member of society. Maybe you remember a singular line with, you know, after practicing <laughs> for a few months. I think it was a reasonable question first. You know, what the hell's going on here? So does that have something to do with your, your you, you didn't pursue drama after that? Oh, no, no. I mean, it just, when you go on stage, even seeing all the like bright lights and everything, immediate anxiety. And I, and with mock trial, I remember, I, you know, I yeah, loved I doing it. Seemed super smooth with that. Oh, yeah. I mean, once you get up there, yeah, yeah. I, I would just kind of go numb. But leading up to it every single day on like the, the presentation day, which for anyone's unfamiliar, it's essentially just kind of, you know, being a lawyer, but with a bunch of high school students. And it all builds up to a singular day where you go against a bunch of other teams and your prosecution or your defense every single day of, or like that one day, every single year, I would throw up in the morning. I, would, I couldn't eat. I never ate. I would struggle to eat dinner. I wouldn't eat breakfast. And then I would get there. And minutes before we go up, like as we're walking in the courtroom, I would run to the bathroom, throw up, come back out. Wow. Yeah. I don't think you told me that. I knew you weren't eating much, but I don't think I knew you were throwing up. Yeah. I mean, it was just like water, you know, just dry heave a little bit, a little bit of bile would come out. Oh but God. but then I would feel better. I would feel a little bit more, you know, less queasy. And I would still be sh like so nervous, you know, shit in my pants, a little shaky <laughs> when I'm sitting at the at the counsel's desk. Uh -huh. And but as soon as you walk up there, you know, it's still a little nervous for the first question. But once you get through that first question, you kind of just get into that rhythm. Yeah. And that's what I always loved is it you kind of get in the flow of things. Yeah. What's interesting, because um, when I was doing trials more often, I mean, it was very similar. I mean, over all the years, I mean, I, the first time I was just absolutely petrified and probably shaking and mm. the whole nine yards. Um, but, you know, throughout the years, even, you know, leading up to the trial, I always knew I was going to lose five pounds. I mean, that was kind of cool, you know, because literally I couldn't eat yeah. that day. Um, and then you're super busy during the trial. And so I would have like a Slim Faster or a Power Bar or something yeah. at lunchtime just to kind of pound that down and, and, and have energy. But yeah, I mean, I couldn't eat. Um, and, and I guess similar, similarly, you know, you're very, very nervous, but then once you get up and you start talking, 
you know, again, you're like you said, you're in the flow. And at that point, I mean, you don't have time to be nervous. You've got oh, yeah. to do your job, right? No, it's do or die. So yeah, 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 exactly. And I think like one of the best parts too is when you're done, like the euphoria of like yeah. all that stress and anxiety and you know that you did a good job all hits you at the same time. And it's like almost like a high. You're like, oh, holy yeah. shit. No, that's tr- that's exactly how it is after, you know, after a day of trial. I mean, same thing, you know, you're just absolutely terrified. And oh my God, oh yeah, I'm so stressed out and I've got to do this and we got to do that and then after you're like wow I kicked ass that was awesome I'm great at this yeah wow wow no one else could do this I'm nuts yeah yeah no I mean up until the last trial I think I had I I was still would still get very nervous I do remember at one point somebody told me that uh, because I thought you know is this normal should I still be Mm -hmm. getting nervous I've been doing this you know 10 15 20 you know 25 years at one point and Oh, now 35 or whatever, but um, and and I remember um, well, this was when I was still a younger attorney, and an older attorney said to me, you know, if you're if you don't get nervous, you know, you're not doing it right. You yeah. don't care enough. And so, um, and he had said that he gets nervous every single time, also. Mm-hmm. And I always felt better about that. And I said, okay, it's not going to go away. I'm just going to be nervous, lose a few pounds. Yeah, you know. I always wondered that as well as like you know if there's if it's something that you you know in your head you think you love and that you're good at you know, why are you so nervous? Why is there, is it, is it the same for other people? And I, I remember I looked it up on YouTube. I love watching YouTube videos, uh-huh. TED Talks, especially. Oh yeah. Know? Those are awesome. Um, and there's a video on public speaking and the guy was saying how he interviewed a bunch of comedians. And I think one of them was Dave Chappelle, uh-huh. massive guy, right? He's done hundreds and hundreds of shows. Um, everyone knows he's good. He knows he's good. He gets paid the big bucks, but before every show he throws up. Wow. Every show he's so nervous he just throws up and then he goes out there and he kills it. And then he be you know, he's being one of the top comedians in the world. Yeah. And something else, I think it was from somewhere else I, I heard, you know, the the line between excitement and nervousness, anxiety, is a very thin line. And sometimes it's so thin you can't even tell which is which. You know, you can be excited for something, but it feels like nervousness. It, you feel yeah. a little bit of anxiety, but real, realistically, deep inside, it is just excitement for the next day. Right. That's interesting. Um, I listen to Glennon Doyle's podcast a lot, the We Can Do Hard Things, and she uses this term, skited. And so it's a combination of scared and excited, mm-hmm. and it's a different kind of scared. It's not a bad scared, like yeah. something horrible is going to happen to you. It's a, it's the skited, scared yeah. and excited. And I think that's kind of what you're what you're getting at. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And it's weird to think about too, is like if when when you're doing something that you really love, and you know maybe especially for you, right? Like yeah. you were tr- working for so long to become a lawyer, and you finally get to there to that point. You're you're working in trials. You know that's kind of like the the top goal there for a lot of people. And it still feels like kind of shitty. It feels terrible <laughs> the day before. Well, I'm like, I'm like, why am I doing this? Why in the world did I yeah. think I wanted to do this? You know. And then th- that day, you're like, this is why I wanted yeah. to do this. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But I, and I think too, if you really care, um, I mean, I would. I, th- I think that if I just didn't give a shit, I wouldn't be nervous. Mm-hmm. But you don't want an attorney who doesn't give a shit. Yeah. Yeah. And especially when you have high expectations for yourself, which I know both yeah, of us do. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's it's. For me, it's almost fear of not meeting my expectations. Like even if I know I did a decent job, a solid job, and other people will tell me, if I don't feel like I I lived up to my own expectations or hit as, as high as I could have, then, you know, I'll, I'll get anxiety about it. I'll be a little frustrated and maybe not as happy as I could be. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. 
Yeah. All Anyways, right. I guess we should probably hop into the main topics of the show. All right. Well, and I will think this week about some. Well, actually, maybe I'll just stay up and cringe about things, and well, I always <laughs> I'll w- report back to you. <laughs> I always wonder if it was something that you know other people felt. If other people are laying in bed at night and they just wince a little bit, oof, at something yeah. that happened years ago. I mean, this you know the the example I gave was five, six years ago at least. Yeah. Yeah. Longer, seven, eight. Um, and, you know, I was talking to my friend. He's like, oh, yeah, I do that, too. So I thought it would be a good thing to bring up. Maybe some of the audience has yeah. that. Yeah. Well, hey, definitely. Tell us tell us your cringe-worthy, wake-you-up-in-the-middle-of-the-night <laughs> the stories. The most embarrassing moment of your please. life. Post it in the comments, please. Awesome. <laughs> Make sure to use your real name. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, let's get into some uh, some more relevant stuff <laughs> Yeah. while we're here. Um Okay, so interesting cases in the news. Oh, well, so, and I, I don't know how interesting this is. I, we talked last time about, I had just seen a headline before we started the podcast last time, and I think I told you that um, product recalls were um, at a high for this oh, yeah. last quarter, um, and so we were going to touch on that, and um, so I dove into this a little bit more, um, and it's actually a four-year high in general, so I was thinking it was the highest ever. It's actually not... Um, but the interesting thing about it is that there are all of these different categories of recalls, and there's increases in in like in all of them. So overall, there's an increase of 14.2 percent, um, and that's the highest single quarter total in four years. Um, so, and there's different kinds of recalls. Like there's automotive recalls. We've talked about that. Um, those are up 3.4 percent. Consumer product. Um, those, uh, let's see, those were the most recalls in a single quarter since 2015. Um, FDA, so Food and Drug Administration Mm -hmm. recalls, uh, 23% increase. That's crazy. Yeah. Medical device recalls up 4.6%. Um, and kind of on our topic, pharmaceutical pharmaceutical recalls had the most in a single quarter for the last 18 years. Wow. Yeah. So, I mean, it's interesting to me that, that there's all of these different categories are having increases. So, like, what, what is going on that would yeah. cause so many products to be recalled? And, you know, the report doesn't talk about that. So it's interesting that, that all of these different categories had increases. Um, and, again, we didn't really talk about exactly why. Um, one of the possibilities is with electrical vehicles. That's mm-hmm. kind of a newer thing, and with it's a very new technology. Yeah. Um, so there's a lot of issues with that. I mean, you've heard like with Tesla and that sort of thing. Um, but I mean, that, that I guess that could explain the automobile section of it. But it seems like it's just across the board. You know, with the FDA, right. I think it was 23 percent. That's almost a fourth. Yeah. Increase. Yeah. I mean, it is across the board. And I mean, so that's the, the question is, I mean, are people just being super sloppy? Yeah. Um, you know, what's going on? Are they trying to get away with more? Is the enforcement better? Are people reporting more? You know, I don't know what the answer to that is. Um, yeah, I was going to say there's two options in my head and it's either, you know, products are just being made shittier. And you well, know, I think that's probably true. <laughs> you know, less care and, and they're trying to go for the cheapest option, which is reasonable. Uh, maybe not reasonable, but <laughs> <laughs> reality. Yeah, reality. Um, or is are, are, is there just higher scrutiny, you know, higher expectations, more people looking f- out for it and keeping an eye on it? Mm-hmm. And maybe, I mean, more than likely, it's probably a gray area of a little bit of both. Yeah. Yeah. More lawyers pursuing these more cases, lawyers, yeah. more podcasts alerting people to the problem so that they're aware of it. Yeah. I don't know. It could be we could be uh, playing a part in this. One of the reasons. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
So anyway, um, they're expecting issues with electrical vehicles because that's a newer technology. Makes sense. Yeah. And then um, the FDA has outlined a list of topics that that it plans to tackle in 2023, um, including allergens, dietary supplements. We talked about that a little bit um, uh, last time. Uh, an infant, infant formula, that's been a big thing. So it sounds like now. they are actually like actively looking for more possible issues in, in kind of the overall industry. Right. I think like areas of concern where there have been a lot of issues, they're yeah. looking at, you know, perhaps uh, more regulations, yeah. um, that sort of thing. So it's probably going to get even higher, right? Well, it the- sounds like it, yeah. And, um, you know, with the public health, this whole COVID-19 thing officially ended, um, it's, they're, they're able to take a lot much closer look. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the, the topics that I think is going to be kind of a hot topic is all of the cannabis uh, yeah, because it's legal in many states now and really enhancing the regulations and that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. So um, I don't think the numbers are going to go down. Um, it sounds like, but, but I mean, hey, at least the, at least we're keeping an eye on things. And Yeah, I mean, it's good to hear that they are actively kind of keeping an eye out in these sectors that they already know are there is problematic. Yeah. Um, but it's insane hearing just the overall increase in percentage of yeah. recalls. I mean, not, it didn't go down in one single area. Yeah. yeah. And, and for these recalls, is it just, you know, I know there's some product recalls where it's just, hey, get it, get it out of your house, get it off the shelves. Yeah. We're not going to sell it anymore. Uh, but then I know with like a lot of the automobile recalls, they, you bring it into the shop and they'll switch out a part yeah. and then you can drive away with the you know same product. Yeah. A lot of them, they are simply repairs or like with the Tesla ones, they change out the software, that mm-hmm. sort of thing. Um, but then some of them are things that you literally can't use. I mean, we talked about some of the baby products yeah. and um, those types of things. Yeah. And I heard with the Teslas as well as, you know, I've, I've always been a big fan of Tesla. I wanted a Tesla, but <laughs> I've heard, I've heard from people that own it is that the interior is very cheap. A lot of the materials that they use and just kind of the way that it's put together is very cheap. You know, the insides of the car, like the actual engine and everything, salt, great, high quality. But when it comes like the cup holders and the little things like that. So not very luxurious. Yeah, Yeah. and it has a luxurious look, but the actual quality of the items in there apparently uh, is not the best. Interesting. Well, actually, um, the next topic I, is Tesla. But before we go there, I do want to just kind of go over, um, since we were talking about recalled products, mm-hmm. and some of this is a reminder, some of it may be new, but just how you can protect yourself from dangerous products, recalled products. Um, and, you know, the first thing we had talked about this before is register your products. And I know you're going to say you don't do it. You're never going to do it. You're never going to sit I, it. I would refuse. <laughs> I know. You're not going to do that. But for anybody else who actually is concerned about their safety, you might want to register your product. That way you know that you're going to be alerted. You're going to be notified if there is a recall. Um, You can get alerts. Um, You can go to Mm recalls.gov and that, that you can sign up there and that actually combines recalls from a variety of different places, National Highway Highway Traffic Safety Administration, Department of Agriculture, Food and Drug Admin. So there are, um, instead of having to sign up for each one, you can just go to that one site and that's real helpful. you know, again, we had talked about um, this with regard to some of the baby products, but if you're buying something secondhand, mm-hmm. research it. Yeah. Um, because, of course, you're not going to have that card. You're not going to be able to register. Um, and, you, you know, you do want to know if that product has been recalled. Well, um, and I'm curious because you kind of mentioned the notifications, right? If mm-hmm. um, 
if there's a product that has a recall and if you kind of register, then you get that notification. I wonder, is or is there anything that kind of just notifies you whenever there's any type of recall, you know, other than this fantastic podcast? <laughs> <laughs> Always listen here. Yeah. Um, well, actually, that website is going to be the best. I mean, you yeah. can go on to these individual websites, mm-hmm. um, but the recalls.gov is going to combine them. So that's probably the safest. Yeah. I would um, imagine like almost an iPhone app that gives you a little notification. Hey, this baby stroller just got recalled. Keep an eye out. You know, I mean, honestly, that could be kind of annoying because it's really like There's that many. <laughs> well, we just talked about how many there That's are. True. We're just bing, bang, 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 yeah. bang. I, I mean, for people that are worried, might be a little paranoid. It might be good for them. You never know. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, in, in some, a lot of these recalls, it's like, oh, there's tree nuts in this product. And you're like, yeah. oh, I don't I don't care. Um, so, it, you know, I think you, if it's a product that you have in your home, you might want to just check it out. Mm. But I don't think you want to be notified about every single every single item. But, That's you know, fair. once in a while you could go on and check it out. Yeah, I mean, even with registering, I feel like, you know, if, if you just go to Target and you buy, you know, impulsively buy maybe five or ten products, you're not going to go online for each one of those and register it. Is there maybe certain areas or certain types of products that, that you would recommend people actually, you know, if they're going to register, they should do it for those ones? Well, I think anything that potentially can be dangerous. And, you know, a lot of these baby items, I mean, baby cribs, mm-hmm. baby toys, um, you know, it's like those the, the, the strollers, car seats, things like that. I mean, anything that's, you know, that you're counting on it to, to be yeah. safe, I think that's more important. That makes sense. Safety yeah, items. Yeah, 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 those sorts of things. Yeah. I mean, I for example, like the frozen strawberries that we talked about a few weeks ago, or I think the Tide Pods, uh-huh. not Tide Pods, the dishwasher pods. Okay, those haven't been recalled. Those haven't been recalled. But <laughs> you just have to wear protective eye gear. Yeah, <laughs> protective eye gear when doing dishes. <laughs> that's uh, That should be on the box. Um, you know, those are type of the items that I wouldn't even think to like look up or to register and I wouldn't be aware of except for, you know, for the strawberries, there's a sign at Trader right. Joe's. I was giving a heads up to people and thank God they do that. Yeah. Well, I mean, but assuming you go back to Trader Joe's, what if you were just in there one time about the strawberries and, True. you know, you've got them in your freezer. Um, yeah. So, but in, and, and again, these things do come out in the news. They do, you know, particularly the really dangerous ones, yeah. but it's brief. I mean, it's, it's, you know, it's in the news one day and we're on to something else the next day. Yeah. Um, so if you don't catch it, you don't catch it. Yeah. Um, but, you know, and that, that kind of goes back to the, the secondhand goods too, why it's so important is that, you know, you, somebody bought this product, it's in the news that it's very dangerous. Um, it's now at a secondhand shop and it's a year later. And yeah. so it was never returned and it's out there in the stream of commerce and you don't know. So again, any kind of secondhand product that anything, I, you know, if, if it involves a baby, I'm going to be double checking on it. Not I, that I have any babies anymore, <laughs> but. <laughs> no, that's, that's fair. I feel like, you know, especially with kids, you want to be extra careful. Yeah. Um, but yeah. it seems like the most reasonable thing is to kind of go to that, go to that website. What was it again? Yeah. Recalls.gov. Recalls.gov. Yeah. And if there is any products you might be worried or concerned about, that's, that's a place to look it up. Yeah. And, and then just kind of one last thing, if you do have a product that you have a problem with, make sure that you report it, Yeah, you know, because that's, that's key. Um, I mean, if people don't report it, we don't know. And I mean, we know that manufacturers aren't always the best at reporting the problems that they're aware of. So, you know, we all need to do everything that we can to, um, you know, to make sure everybody's safe out there. Very true. Very true. And always tune in because we'll give you the (laughs) 
<laughs> latest scoop on recalls. You are so self-promoting today. <laughs> I like it, I guess. <laughs> um, and you mentioned this earlier, Tesla. Yeah, Tesla's like big in the news lately. Mm-hmm. Um, big in the news. So um, we've heard for a while now about the problems with the self-driving features where there's accidents. And then they actually um, recalled them back in February of this year. Um, changed out some of the software. People got all upset because they bought this vehicle. They wanted that, uh, you know, they, they wanted that service, the self-driving, and then they had to disable it, blah, blah, blah. So um, a lot of issues on that. Um, another um, Tesla issue, and this one, it's a little bit amusing, but not really, I guess. Um, so privacy issues. Um, I guess that there are cameras where they can record in the vehicle. Really? Yeah, yeah. And I guess what was happening was that um, employees were accessing these videos, and if they were funny or entertaining or interesting, circulating oh. them among themselves. <laughs> that's, that's actually hilarious. Well, why why is there even cameras in the vehicle in the first place? Is there some type of uh, you know product use for it? Well, I don't know. Why is there like karaoke in the vehicle? I mean, they have literally wow. have a speaker on the outside of the car so that you could do karaoke. I don't know why any of these things are in there. No, I think no. If you want to have a good time and do karaoke with the boys and <laughs> you don't want to go to the bar, maybe there's no karaoke bars around. So you just pull up in the Tesla. Hey, everyone come by. Well, and you can just drive by and everybody can hear you. Yeah. I mean, then there's like a, it's like a, a, a speaker on the outside of the vehicles. So I've heard about that. I had a friend who was telling me how when she wanted to like embarrass her daughter picking her up at school, oh. you know, she'd just pull up and, you know. That's a good idea. Yeah. yeah I like that. That's uh, pretty insane though, that the employees were accessing and sending around. I mean, it kind of sounds like almost like America's funniest videos. Well, there probably is some really funny, crazy shit <laughs> yeah. that people do in their cars. I don't know. Well, I'm sure people are smashing in their cars as well. And then it's just like, oh, well, that's just going around the office now. What's smashing? Uh, like hooking up or doing. Really? <laughs> you never know. I mean, shit. Well, we had that. We talked about one of our earlier episodes. We talked yeah. about the whole case where they tried that the woman was exposed to a sexually transmitted disease in a vehicle and wanted to um, collect from the insurance policy yeah. for her damages. So I guess people do smash, yeah. smashing cars. I didn't. I, this is a new term. That's I mean, fair. I knew hooking up. Yeah. And then uh, the other thing that always make, makes me. I, I always tell people this, like, like this talking, we're talking. Yeah. I mean, I don't understand this because, I mean, seriously, we've had this discussion and I'm like, are you dating? No, we're talking. Yeah, you're just talking. And I'm like, well, are you having sex? And you said yes. And I said, well, that's more than talking. Uh, well, you know, maybe you talk during it. You know? <laughs> <laughs> it, it it's different for everyone. You know, talking is, it's, it's. It's very com. It's like a comfortable word to use. Uh-huh. You know, it's a very. It's a very much like a gray area. Uh-huh. You don't have to say it's this. It's that. It's a very much like interpretive. And so it's. Well, couldn't dating be too? I mean, dating could be you know casual dating to be practically engaged or whatever. I mean, there's no. Well, it seems like there's a a, a big spectrum the, there too. There is, but I'd say more with like current day and in my generation you know dating is like if you start dating you're not talking to anyone else you're not doing anything with anyone else you don't have interest in anyone else it's you know just a one-on-one thing Um, which you know I think back in the day and dating could be oh I took him out for milkshakes at the old drive through (laughs) (laughs) okay well yeah so back in my day you could be dating more than one person oh see yeah that seems a little precarious (laughs) Well, it was always precarious, but yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, I mean, that's the thing is you say you're dating several people now. They're like, well, do they know? 
<laughs> well, but, but then, then you would say, well, we're dating exclusively. Okay. Or then, of course, then we're going to go way back. You were like going steady. Gone steady, yeah. <laughs> uh, I gave him the promise ring. And that's how you know it's a real deal. You wore the high school ring on your necklace, on your chain around your neck. Uh, okay, that's making me feel really old. <laughs> all right, so that's not all That's not all the problems with Tesla. Okay, let's hear it. <laughs> so actually, the most recently, they've had um, a couple of racial discrimination lawsuits. Really? Yeah, big time. Um, in fact, one of the there was a three point two million dollar verdict. Wow. Um, yeah, for a black employee, and um, apparently at the uh, at the main factory, it's just awful. I mean, they are just treat people horribly. Um, and again, I'm just saying what what uh, what was alleged in the lawsuit, and that apparently the jury believed because three million of that was punitive damages against Tesla. Wow. So, and the issue with that, um, he was definitely harassed, and he reported the harassment, and nothing was done to correct it. Um, so, and then after that, there's another case that was actually filed back in 2017, alleging the same uh, issues, and they now want to turn that into a class action. Wow. Yeah. So it was one individual who had filed a lawsuit and now is saying this should actually be a class action. And in support of making it a class action, um, he provided 240 affidavits from other employees who all oh had experienced, you know, horrible racist behavior. In fact, they say it's a hotbed for racist behavior. Yeah. So I'm a little confused here. It is. It's in the factory specifically. Yeah, that it seems yeah, like it's yeah. on the production floor. Yeah. Apparently. Especially prevalent there. Yeah. And it's just straight up, you know, people being racist. To, to well, some of the quotes were that they would use the N-word. They would call him, quote, boy or monkey. Jesus. Um, yeah, referred to a woman as having monkey toes. Um, and just just horrible things along those lines. And, and again, um, you know, you're always going to have some idiot, perhaps, employee doing this kind of stuff. But it's incumbent upon the management. Yeah. You know, and if this gets reported, you know, you need to stop it. You need to fire the person who's, who's you know, exhibiting this behavior, not, um, you know, not the victims, obviously. Yeah. No, that makes sense. And it makes it even worse, obviously. And this is why it's turning in cases that they did complain to management and yeah. nothing happened about it. And, and when you first said that there was, you know, issues with employment at Tesla, it kind of made me think of, you know, the issues when Elon Musk Elon Musk took over Twitter. Uh-huh. Uh, he, he, not deleted, he uh, <laughs> fired. It fired, you know, almost like half the staff, yeah, yeah. apparently. So, I mean, it seems kind of like a common trend. I'm sure he, hopefully he didn't have anything to do with some of this behavior going on in the warehouses. Yeah, I don't think that there's any indication um, that he personally did. Yeah. Uh, but it'll be interesting because, um, so so this could become an actual class action, which is not kind of the norm in oh, yeah. a racial discrimination type of case. Um, but I guess there's so many people out there. And I guess one of the, well, I don't guess, I can tell you one of the benefits of a class action is that people don't have to come forward personally um, and testify and mm -hmm. actually participate and put on evidence. Basically, um, everybody who would fall into that class, which would be, you know, employees, um, you know, within this, you know, racial group um, who were who were employed during that time, would yeah. be entitled to some compensation. It's generally pretty low in a class action, um, but even if this does become a class action, if somebody what did experience discrimination, they could file their own individual lawsuit. They wouldn't have to be part of the class mm. action. They would opt out, yeah. and so and that would actually be something they would actively have to do if it gets certified as a class. Then anybody who wants to sue 
uh, individually has to actually technically opt out. Yeah, I mean, I was surprised when you said that this was turning into a class action because, I mean, you know, this type of employment discrimination, I at least I haven't heard of any type of class action that... Yeah, it's very, it's it's really unusual, um, but I guess it's because it was so rampant. I mean, usually yeah. hearing, you know, one case here, one case there, and that it, sort of thing, but not, I mean, 200, they're saying that up to 6,000 people would be eligible. Well, and, and I mean, I would assume that this would be like a singular factory, that this is especially prevalent but it sounds like this is, you know, every factory, not every, but a lot of them, several of them. Yeah. I mean, it was at their, their main factory, and I can't recall exactly where they said that that was. Um, but, oh, Fremont, Fremont, California. Those Fremont Street Vegas. <laughs> no, no, God, no. Yeah. So um, apparently it's, it's a, a real problem there. Um, wow. That's, yeah. that's crazy. So uh, what, again, what requires it to be, or how is it decided if it's going to be a class action? Is that a jury or is that a specific? No, judge? it's a judge. So the judge okay. would have to certify it as a class yeah. and, and you, you know, and, and to go before a judge and, uh, get the judge to certify it, you have to show that there's a lot of yeah. people who are affected. And so there's apparently 6,000 employees who would fall into the category that may have experienced that discrimination. Mm. Um, and 240 of them actually provided yeah. affidavits to say how prevalent it was. So I don't know what going to happen on that. I'll keep an eye on it um, and update. But it's really interesting because, again, I haven't really seen a class action for race discrimination. They're always, you know, you may have several plaintiffs um, or individual lawsuits, but this is kind of new and different to me. So I thought that was um, interesting. Tesla's got a lot going on these days and uh, none of it good. And 240 is a a shocking amount to just kind of come to the table with right off the bat. Yeah. And, And I'm assuming once people find out this is a class action and they can, you know, voice their complaints anonymously, uh, it's going to, that number is going to go up. Well, and so the thing with class actions is if it gets certified, then part of what, what, what has to happen is that everybody who could possibly be in that class must be notified. And so a lot of times you'll see these like in magazines, you'll see, mm-hmm. you know, um, they'll have a whole page talking about if you bought this product or you did this or you did that, you might be eligible. This one would be easier because, again, it's going to be actual employees and they will have names and addresses contact for the employees yeah. so they can send out notifications uh. to them. And then they could... Um, at that point, either participate in the class mm-hmm. um, and basically not have to do anything. Yeah. The money, the funds would get divided up. And, and so even if they didn't, you know, endure this this racism or this uh, prejudice at their job, they if they wanted to be a part of it, they could. Or does it? If they fell into that class, yeah, yeah. Now, and and they'll they'll have to be, you know, they'll have to answer certain questions, and, yeah. and we don't know what those questions will be because it hasn't been certified as a class. But you know, you'd have to confirm. Um, but it would not be anything with significant details. You're not mm-hmm. going to have to testify. It's basically going to be filing some paperwork, oh. and you could get compensated. But again, the, the numbers are going to be low on that. Mm-hmm. And if you did experience you know, discrimination, and it really affected you significantly, then you wouldn't want to be a member of the class. You would want to actually file your case individually. Mm, that's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and and, it, and it's interesting because generally you want to be part of the class, you know, be, for example, with mass tort, right? Well, so multi-district litigation is different than the class, than the class action. Yeah. Yeah. So the multi-district litigation, each person does have their own lawsuit filed. They're just all combined for the discovery oh, okay. and potentially the resolution. The class action, you're just automatically in it if you fall into that class. Yeah. Um, you don't have to do anything. You don't have to file a lawsuit or anything like mm-hmm. that. Once the class is certified, um, then they'll send out, you know, 
questionnaires to, to compensate. Yeah, and so if it, if there is, if someone experienced an extreme case of this, then they would want to do it. Oh on yeah, their own. yeah. If you have an, any kind of if you had an extreme case, you don't want to be part of the class. You want to, you know, have your individual case. And I'm assuming having this class action out there would help those individual cases as well. Right? Oh yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, first of all, you've got you you know that there's a, there's at least 240 people who have come forward. Yeah. Um, and you know, a lot of times it's the he said, she said, and you know, the, the boss says, the employees say kind yeah. of thing. But I mean, there's a lot of people saying this was going on. I think it's pretty clear that it was a bad situation. So you're almost past that, you know, the liability. Then you just have to establish that it actually happened to you and what your damages are, mm -hmm. you know. Yeah, I mean, that's shocking. And it's, it's interesting to hear that they're not only having issues with the cars, but there's issues in the factories producing these cars. Yeah, it's just everywhere, just constantly in the news, it feels like. Yeah, well, yeah. you know, I would say all publicity is good publicity, but I mean, <laughs> racism is pretty, pretty damn bad. Racism, you know, secretly recording your customers, yeah. uh, crashing, you know, self-driving vehicles crashing. I don't think any of this is very good stuff. No, right I now. think that's pretty bad across the board. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, and in fact, I need to I'd be car shopping, in fact, this week, but I yeah. don't think I'm going for Tesla. No. Oh, what are you, are you, I mean, you were looking for an electric vehicle, right? Well, I thought about it, but I've actually decided against it now because of, you know, just the infrastructure isn't set up real well. And, and we do take a lot of road trips and mm -hmm. I drive a lot back and forth to Sonoida. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, you can charge it at home, but if you're on the road, it's, it's not that easy. Yeah, uh, so one I'm of gonna wait. <laughs> one of Christina's uh, friends, family friends, has a Tesla, and they were driving up to California, and they had to stop for like thirty minutes to let it charge. Yeah. Which you know, if if you're all, already wanted to stop, you know, get get yeah. some food or something, it makes sense. But I would be pretty frustrated if I was trying to just power through a drive and exactly. I couldn't just stop, you know, for five minutes to get some gas. I'd actually, you know, set up camp for 30 minutes to an hour. Well, and that's assuming you can get right in and there's one available for you to yeah. plug into. What if there's, you know, what if they're all being used? Yeah. So, yeah, that's, I, I think there was one of the news stations did, um, did a whole report where they tried to drive cross country and, and they reported on like where they could and couldn't uh, get charges. And yeah. yeah, I just, I think I'm not, I'm not ready there. I'm not ready yet. So sense. are you going to stay loyal to the Mercedes brand? Um, I think so. Honestly, it's just easier because I already know the. Yeah. <laughs> I'm getting like old and and uh, I don't know. I don't. I don't like change. It's like I know the service people there and I know wh you know which side is the the uh, lights and which yeah. side is the the turn signal and. Oh, no, that, that's kinda, fair. I mean, I ever yeah. since I got mine, I've been a massive fan. Yeah. I don't want to leave it. Um, it's very comfortable, high quality, good product. And then also the customer service is just top tier, like being able to take it into the dealership. They set you up with a rental yeah. and everything. It's just very like hands off. Yeah. Well, and you know, honestly, the biggest issue really for me has always been safety. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and there are certain vehicles that you're just much more likely to survive a serious crash in than others. Yeah. And so, yeah, I mean, and there's some real good, I mean, Volvo is really good. Um, also, uh, BMW, Mercedes, I know, um, I haven't researched this recently. Um, but, but yeah, I mean, you know, there's some vehicles you just get in them and you kind of feel like they're, they're a little bit flimsier and mm -hmm. you get T-boned and you're going to be a little, yeah. a little nervous. I mean, I got in the, the crash a few months ago, right. And the yeah. coming back from recording one of these podcasts and, Hey, it felt like a little fender bender. Didn't even feel that bad. <laughs> the <laughs> car was totaled. It, it was, was totaled. I mean, that guy was on the run, probably yeah. going 50, 60, rear-ended me, and I, I barely even noticed airbags didn't go off, nothing. 
Yeah, yeah. I probably could have kept driving if they, if I didn't see the cops in the rear view. <laughs> I, I could see in your vehicle you weren't going to keep driving. No, 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 you weren't going to keep driving. Yeah, the tire was pretty pretty much off the rim <laughs> there. But yeah, I'm just glad you were okay. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I guess we a good segue to a quick just updates on cases. Well, actually, before that, since we were talking about cars, there was one other really funny thing that I yeah. saw in the news, just silly legal cases. Or, well, actually, this is a silly criminal case. Um, apparently, a Colorado man um, was getting pulled over for potential DUI. And um, as he got pulled over, the, the cop noticed that he was switching places in the vehicle to the passenger seat. But this is, he wasn't switching with another person. He was switching with his dog. <laughs> <laughs> he was putting his dog in the driver's seat. Yeah. And he was getting in the passenger seat. And then he tried to tell the police officer that he wasn't driving. <laughs> no way. I just Okay. Was he driving a Tesla and he had the auto driving? And- no. Oh, no, no. I mean, that's impressive. I, I didn't even think about it. I might have to pull that out of the back pocket <laughs> when, I, if I, when I got Bruno on my lap, just quickly throw him in there. Hey, I had nothing to do with this. This is all this guy <laughs> down here over here. Exactly. Well, and then I think that just, that might actually be evidence that he, in fact, was drunk if he actually <laughs> thought that the cop was going to believe him. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, a sober person doesn't put the dog in to try to blame the dog. I mean, no matter how belligerent I am, I don't think I would actually <laughs> genuinely think, yeah, like, this is this might work here. I think I'm on to something. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, I wouldn't I wouldn't recommend it. But and so then they uh, they when the, the cop did pull him over and he was asked about how much he had had to drink. Apparently he got out and then he just started running. <laughs> yeah, but they they took him down. They said within about 20 yards they they took him down. Yeah. Took him to the hospital and um yeah, he got arrested um and allegedly was impaired. So. Yeah, allegedly. I mean and no confirmation, innocent until proven guilty. <laughs> well, he hasn't gone to trial yet. Yeah. Had, this is a recent thing. This just happened um, actually last month. But it was just, it was pretty funny. It was one of the most ridiculous things I've heard. Yeah, I mean, that's, even just kind of going for a run right after that as well. <laughs> you know, I can't even think. You it, didn't believe the dog was driving. He's leaving his dog behind as well. Like, well, maybe the dog was with him. I mean, maybe what he ran over, let the dog out, yelled for him to come with and just started sprinting <laughs> down the road. Or maybe the dog was pissed. He's like, seriously, dude? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You tried to have me go down for this? I mean, to be fair, he's endangering the dog as well, driving impaired like that. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. I want, is, there, is there like an extra charge, like animal endangerment you could throw on there if they wanted to? Um, I, well, that probably depends on the various states. And so in some states, animals are actually considered property. So, yeah, I know. It, it, it doesn't feel right. Yeah. Um, yeah, so it would be a little bit different, a little different than like child endangerment, where if you're driving, you know, DUI with a child, the charges are much more significant. They in most, are. Pretty much in all states, I'm assuming. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, I thought that was kind of funny. It kind of um, took me back to, you know, there's always these, these stories about people trying to use the carpool lanes mm-hmm. and, you know, you have to at least be two people. And so people have these ridiculous mannequins or um, dogs or, you Big know, babies. Yeah. Well, and then I, more recently, this was after the whole Roe versus Wade thing. Um, there was a case where a woman um, was pregnant mm-hmm. and she said, well, if the law says that a fetus is a person, then I've got two people in the car. I mean, that's that's kind of hard to argue with there. That's a pretty good argument. I yeah. mean, you know, if, 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 this is what, if, the, if this is what the law is in this state. Yeah. If, yeah. if it applies to other laws, then it should apply to this yeah, one, right? Yeah. 
I mean, do you know how that turned out? That's really interesting. I think they ended up just dismissing the ticket. Yeah, they're like, I this mean, is too much work. This is this is uh, absurd, you know. Well, I mean, and what is it, like a $50 ticket or some $50 fine or oh, something? Oh, it's $400 minimum. Oh, is it 400 for the... For driving in the HOV lane, there's a 400 minimum ticket, in Arizona at least. How do you know this? Because it says it on uh, oh. the, like when you're driving down, it, it there's wow. several signs to, you know, obviously try to get people to not do that. Yeah, and It says yeah. 400 minimum. Interesting. I have no idea. Yeah. yeah. I'm assuming in states like New York, it's even worse, you know, where there's a higher need for yeah. HOV. I'm probably there. I'm assuming they're probably more strict. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, and the whole purpose really is to, you know, reduce emissions and all of this and reduce yeah. traffic by having people commute together. Um, and obviously any of these things are just trying to trying to get around the intent of the, of the yeah. law. Yeah. I mean, but, to be fair, the traffic can definitely get pretty rough. And yeah. HOV is always a lifesaver. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, I kind of wished Bruno would count as individual. <laughs> you know, maybe, he, hopefully he doesn't count as property in this state, so I could make that argument. Yeah. Um, but then that would, that would make things a lot easier. But if he's driving. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. That's true. If he's driving, then he has to be a person. <laughs> that point then they can't really argue they were going down a rabbit hole on that one anyway all right so back to serious stuff um so updates on on real real cases well those are real cases they're just not real cases that we're involved in thank goodness um so we had talked about the Tepeza litigation um, previously and this is the thyroid eye disease medication that causes permanent hearing damage um, and when we talked about it before, it was not a multi-district litigation. It was not consolidated. Um, it has now been consolidated, and it's been consolidated in um, the Northern District of Illinois, which is Chicago. So, um, you know, and just to kind of uh, refresh anybody's memory, um, the benefits of, of the case being consolidated um, basically speeds things up a little mm-hmm. bit. Probably there will be a lot more cases now filed. Um, they will all be, you know, within the one litigation. Um, it's a lot less work for any individual plaintiff. Yeah. Um, the likelihood of you having to actually try your case is less now. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how this pans out. Um, initially, they thought it might not be because it's a it's a drug that is not. I mean, it's not a huge, you know, blockbuster medication. Mm-hmm. Um, it's for a very distinct and small group of people. Um, but a lot of those people have been affected. So apparently there are enough people um, who have brought cases that, that it does need to be an MDL. So it wasn't, it wasn't really clear how that was going to go. Yeah, and I know you mentioned, too, is some uh, law firms will hold cases until yeah. they're consolidated, and then they'll kind of just throw them out there. Yeah, so once the consolidation happens, you'll see you know, the numbers going up pretty rapidly, mm-hmm. pretty rapidly. And, and to Tepeza, what was the problem with, or what type of drug was that again? So Tepeza is for thyroid eye disease. Yeah. So um, if you have, you know, for example, Graves' disease, people will have the, that will get the bulging eyes can be one of the symptoms of that disease, and it generally is more of a cosmetic issue. It doesn't. But sometimes it can affect vision, but usually if it gets very severe, um, but, but people get very self-conscious. I mean, it's yeah. kind of, I don't know, remember like Barbara Bush, she had kind of had, had those eyes. Um, yeah. they look for my time. Yeah. Well, very kind of bug eyed. I mean, it, and so people are very self-conscious when, when they have that. Um, and there hasn't been treatment for it before. There were kind of surgeries that could help. Um, and so when this came out, the people who suffered from it were pretty excited about it and wanted to, yeah. you know, wanted to get it. Um, and it's a, a very expensive drug and it involves infusions. Mm. Um, yeah, it's not like a pill you take. No, yeah. Yeah. But then people were experiencing permanent hearing loss. Oh my 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, that that's interesting. And um, these are cases that we're taking. Okay. Yeah, no, absolutely. We are taking the Tepeza cases. Um, if you've used this medication and experienced any issue with your hearing, um, it doesn't have to be complete hearing loss. Mm-hmm. But, you know, if you have any issues with that, um, absolutely get in touch with us. Certainly get in touch with your doctor, get tested, yeah. um, get your hearing tested, um, you know, and discuss with your doctor if you're considering doing another round. Because yeah. again, that th- this treatment, um, it doesn't fix you permanently. And so oftentimes um, the, the problem recurs yeah. and people need to go back for more treatment. And each time you use it, it's, it's going to risk. increase the risk of your having yeah. hearing loss. So again, if you've used it and you've been okay, but you want to use it again, you may want to kind of reassess there, talk to your doctor about that. And it's unfortunate that, you know, it's trying to solve a problem, a cosmetic problem, because obviously that's something that everyone wants to fix, right? That's yeah. difficult to live with every single day. And there wasn't much you could do about it. There no. wasn't any medication for it. And so the first one that comes out, like you said, people are going to be excited to hop on it. They, they want this problem fixed. And, you know, something as serious as infusion as well. Those aren't pleasant. You know, yeah. you got to go into the office, sit there for a few hours, get injections. Um, you know, they're, they're going through all of that. And then it ends up causing a massive problem, losing your hearing or yeah. at least losing a lot of it. You know, right. that's... Well, and it's, and it's apparently not all that effective either. Some people don't really even see much improvement. Some That's people crazy. see a little improvement, but some people see temporary improvement. So yeah. again, I mean, you're taking a really big risk. So you want to make sure that the results are going to be really good and make it worth taking that risk. And is it supposed to help with any other aspects of the disease or is it primarily just the cosmetic it's bulging? Too. Well, so it, it, it is cosmetic, but, but the bulging can also cause some eye problems, some mm. vision issues, some... Um, uh, double vision, but that's only if it progresses to a certain yeah. point. So there's a point where it's just cosmetic, and then there's a point where it's so extreme that, that it's sense. probably affecting the, your vision. And and in those cases, you know, where it's at that extreme level, um, you're going to be you know more seriously considering it, even with some risks, I yeah. think. But if again, if it's just cosmetic, um, and you know about this risk, then you have the information to decide if you really want to want to take this medication. And, and this is something that's so so crazy too is that it's a drug that's primary goal is to fix this and a lot of the time it sounds like it's not even helping those problems well maybe minimally it's helped some people more than others yeah. and you know and, and it's a spectrum some it's just a, a small improvement some it may be a significant improvement and is it from what we know so far is this something that they were aware of the loss of hearing oh yeah wow yeah. I mean, and honestly, if they weren't aware of it, then there wouldn't be a lawsuit. Mm. Um, but the the information indicates that they did know about it yeah. and that they failed to warn. Wow. So, I mean, that's the, that. yeah, that's the key. I mean, that is a massive thing that would uh, sway my opinion personally, yeah. um, is losing your hearing or at least, you know, losing some of it. That's, that's yeah. pretty big. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, so yeah, I mean, that's moving forward. Um, and that actually just happened this last week. Yeah. All right. So another case that we talked about just recently, I think um, last week or the week before, are the CPAP machines. And those were the uh, machines that help you to breathe during the night Mm -hmm. uh, while you sleep. And those were recalled back in uh, 2021. Um, The FDA just released an updated safety communication about the CPAP um, this week. And the update is basically talking about a number of additional deaths that have occurred. And just kind of as a refresher, the problem with the CPAP machine is that the foam that's used to reduce sound and vibration um, can break down, disintegrate, Mm -hmm. 
and people can inhale pieces of the foam or gases, um, and then that's causing some really horrible diseases, yeah. a, a variety of cancers, upper respiratory issues, that sort of thing. And you mentioned they were even like finding pieces of that foam in their lungs. Yeah, it's yeah, insane. yeah. It, it's it's definitely bad stuff. Um, but the numbers actually have been pretty significantly updated. And let me just tell you what those are. They are now up to 385 actual deaths. Wow. Yeah, yeah. And um, let's see, over 105,000 reports of injuries now. Wow. So these are, and again, these are conditions that um, you don't know that you have right away. Mm -hmm. um, you know, uh, the, most of the cancers, um, they take a while. Yeah. And so people may have been using these, or they may have actually um, been diagnosed with a cancer, but they would never have related it back to their CPAP machine. Yeah. Um, so these, this is a, a, a pretty um, hot litigation right now. Um, a lot of cases getting filed, a lot of people making that connection, realizing that the problems they're having could be related, yeah. filing lawsuits, or you know, knowing that they were at risk using the machine, and now they're starting to get the diagnoses. Well, and it, it makes sense, too, because from what we talked about, you know, in, in the original podcast when we went over this, is sleep apnea, that's relatively common, happens to a lot of individuals, and they see PAP machines are, like, the only thing that, that they can do. And there's not really any other products out there at the moment that can help with it. And so they're almost forced to use this. And, you know, I know the recall, they're sending it back and trying to replace the material. But even some of the new material doesn't seem to be completely better. Yeah, I mean, there. so there are some things that you can do. And there are some other, I mean, there's all kinds of products that say that they're going to help you. Yeah. But, but nothing as significant as this actual yeah. CPAP machine. Um, and then there are, are lifestyle things that you can do also that can um, minimize the, the, the risks when yeah. you're sleeping. Um, but a lot of people don't want to do those. They want the easy out. Oh, just, I can't <laughs> just, blame them for that. Just put the scuba machine on and then you can like, you know, eat all you want and drink all you yeah. want. And one, one thing that I, uh, you know, think is crazy too, is you mentioned over a hundred thousand injuries. And when it comes to injuries, it can be a full spectrum of things, right? Yeah. I mean, it can be to the most minor things all the way into, you know, your life being at risk with a serious cancer. Um, and so I think that's really hard to kind of imagine and, and almost put into perspective is that when you hear, you know, 350 deaths, something, I think it was around there, um, but a hundred thousand injuries, a lot of these injuries could be so extreme that they eventually will lead to death. Well, so a hundred and yeah, 105,000 reported injuries, but most people don't report them. So you got to realize uh, that if there's 105,000 reported, yeah, you know, I mean, it's like sending in those cards. You don't do it. Most people don't report the injuries. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's what we, we keep asking people to do that, but, you know, so there's probably a lot more. And if people do report it, it's probably not allergies or a cold. It's probably something pretty significant. Yeah, that's fair. So, so to be fair, I really think that these are going to be pretty significant injuries, and there's a lot more of them. There are millions of these machines. Wow. Um, yeah, so there's a lot more, but this was just an actual update um, that the FDA issued to kind of give a status on what's going on with this recall. And I mean, it's getting worse. It's not, you know, it's not, it's not resolving, and it's not going to because, like as you said, um, the, these machines are still out there. People are still using them because, you know. They, they can't sleep. They can't function yeah. if they don't use them. And there, it was such a massive recall that the company couldn't provide these you know, new filters yeah. fast enough, the new foam. So people were basically stuck continuing to use it, even knowing that they were, you know, they were potentially inhaling carcinogens. Yeah, that's terrifying. I mean, yeah. the fact that even if you tried to send it back and get a replacement, 
you know, the company doesn't even have the ability to, to make as many as, as yeah. people are sending yeah, them Yeah, they're back. way, way behind on doing that yeah. and, and definitely still working to, working to do that. And it sounds like if, if you have sleep apnea and you, you know, have used this machine or you're currently using it, even if you aren't facing any issues at the moment, like you said, a lot of them might not come up for, you know, several months, years. a few years. Yeah. Um, so it's something that, you know, you want to get checked out very early on. And I mean, like any yeah. cancer, if it is cancer, you want to find that right away. Well, yeah. And you want to let you know, your doctor know too because i mean you know historically they ask about certain risk factors but to my knowledge they never ask about cpap machines yeah. before and now that's going to be potentially one of the risk factors for a lot of different kinds of cancers wow so yeah i mean definitely mention to your doctor that that you do use this product if, mm -hmm. you, if you've been using it and I mean, people should be reaching out to attorneys if they're using it or if they, even if they might not be facing issues just to see if, if, uh, they, they can be lumped into this, you know, class action. Well, yeah, if you don't have any injuries, there wouldn't, and again, it's not a class action. It would be a multi-district oh, yeah, multi litigation. litigation. So it is individual lawsuits. So with no injuries, we wouldn't actually file a case. Yeah. But again, um, you know, keep an eye out because, you know, so you might have a condition that you didn't even think was related yeah. and, and it could be. So any of the, it's upper respiratory uh, issues, pneumonias, um, and then lots of cancers. And we have a list of all of those. I think I read through all of them the last time, so I won't wow. do that again. But yeah. um, a lot of uh, a lot of different types of cancers that you wouldn't think. I mean, liver cancer, kidney yeah. cancer, you know, uh, and of course, like the lung and like, love fern, throat, throat and nose. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely, we can put up a put up a list or a link to the website, and and, and then we have a list on there. Yeah, and I, it's crazy. I mean, like you said, one hundred five thousand reported, and a lot of time people don't even know about it or haven't reported. And so that seems like a very high number. Is, is it a high number comparatively to other cases this early on? Um, I don't know that it's a super high number. I'm, I mean, I think it would be higher if it was something that happened right away. Um, because, you know, there, there, I mean, let's say like there was inhalers that were recalled years ago and people were getting um, infections and pneumonias and things immediately upon using them. This one, I think it's lower because the conditions, some of them happen right away, but most of them don't. Yeah. Most of them, you know, are going to be dormant for, you know, it's going to take a while. That's crazy. It's crazy, crazy. Yeah. So yeah, hot stuff happening on a couple of cases this week. And I know we're handling new cases as well. I don't know if you want to go into that. Oh, oh, yeah. So we've been handling social media cases for a while, but that was the topic that, um, um, that I thought we would focus on this week. And specifically, because the U.S. Surgeon General just issued an advisory report um, on the risks of social media on young people. And basically what he said um, really supports the litigation that has been ongoing. Um, it's, uh, it's pretty interesting. It's actually a 19-page report, and um, we will include the link to that. Um, if you have, you know, teens, uh, children, I think, you know, young adults in your home, I would definitely recommend you take a look at it. Mm -hmm. um, you know, it's pretty scary stuff. And I think, I think a lot of us have known that there are problems. Um, but this is, you know, a, a very credible source, obviously, the top doctor in the country. Um, and w w the findings are that um, this frequent use can trigger changes actually in the amygdala and prefrontal cortex, wow. um, making young people more sensitive to social rewards and punishments. I mean, it's actually changing their brains. Really? Um, yeah, yeah. So um, really serious and I mean, I think we all know that it's super prevalent. Yeah. Um, I mean, the numbers are like apparently 95% of teens use social media. 
Um, and 40% of children 8 to 12. Yeah, I mean, and this is what I was going to say, too, is going along with those percentages is, you know, yes, people have always known of the dangers of social media. Maybe not that it's actually changing your brain, but that there is risks going along with it, and it can be pretty negative, especially the younger you are. But, you know, at the same time, for personal experience, you know, you kind of handicap yourself socially by not participating in that. You know, if you don't have an Instagram, if you don't have a Snapchat, Facebook, you know, whatever, maybe TikTok, um, sometimes it's you kind of get left in the dust. You get you're on the outskirts. You know, a lot of people yeah. will only communicate through Snapchat or, you know, you hang out with people who say, oh, did you see that person's story or, you yeah. know, look at this TikTok or, you know, whatever it may be. And especially I'm assuming in the younger ages, as it's becoming more prevalent to use these services or these apps, uh, elementary, middle school, high school, um, it's even more, you know, you feel that pressure to, to be part of the group. Yeah. Well, I agree. And, and I don't think it's a hundred percent bad and it's not, you know, and, and once you're an adult and your brain's no longer developing, it's a little bit different situation yeah. also. Um, and, you know, one of the things that the report says is it's a, a call to action really to the companies to not try to addict children and young adults um, to just to be more responsible because, mm -hmm. you know, there are positive aspects of it, like you said, and it can, you know, you, you can, um, I mean, it, it, it's, it's very, um, I mean, social media, basically, I mean, it connects you to other people, yeah. um, provides you, you know, with, with a lot of support sometimes, yeah. but the way that they're using it, they know, I mean, they're actually trying to get these kids and tweens addicted. Yeah. And I mean, they're using some pretty scary tactics to, to do that. Um, and, and the thing about with children, um, they, you know, there's certain things that shouldn't be shown to children. There's certain things that should not be fed to them. And it's a very curated feed, yeah. you know, what they, they send out. Um, and uh, one of the things actually that, that really struck me was as far as the suggestions was that, you know, when you have like, say, an influencer um, who's using filters and all of this, that it, that it would have to be disclosed. Really? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's again, because because people are looking at these very unrealistic images. Oh, yeah. I mean, and especially teen girls are the ones who are really suffering the most. And they're seeing these like unbelievably perfect impossible yeah. bodies that they that they don't have and that they can't have and these it's not real mm -hmm. i mean there's all kinds of, of filters and and i don't know whatever else you call it how they they change these these images yeah um and and you know perhaps that should be a requirement that somebody who puts that image out there has to has to tag that that it is it, it, you know and these filters are, are getting insane like they are pretty impressively just good at what they do yeah um you know, when I first started using Snapchat, it was kind of the very basics, you know, maybe a little bit more lighter, a slight filter, like a color change. Um, but I know now, especially with TikTok and all these new filters, and I know that there's abilities to create your own filters. Yeah. It's impressive the amount of changes that they can make. Um, I, th I saw TikTok like a few days ago because, I mean, there's um, – I'm guilty of this as well. I'm on TikTok all the time. <laughs> but uh, there are a lot of people who do lives, and especially like females who do lives. So they'll just like sit in front of the camera, and you can gift them things, and that's and that's what they get gifted. And especially in a lot of like third-world countries, that's really common. Mm -hmm. And there was a TikTok of – you know, it was a picture of like this perfect female face – 
and they turned just a little too much and it was just a guy like it was a guy (gasps) that just had like a filter over it and obviously he's not talking he's just like kind of moving his head to music and he just moves a little too much and you can tell it's a guy because the filter falls off but then he looks back at the camera straight on and it goes right back oh my god i mean and when i say they can do some like impressively deceptive things it's good to the extremes at this point yeah well i mean they definitely they just zoom in the waist is tiny the boobs are huge i mean it's it's just it's not reality but unfortunately and again you know at our age we can recognize that i mean we could still feel bad about it but i mean we can recognize it more than say a teenager who oh, yeah. yeah i mean they they they're they're, they're not mature enough to handle that mm-hmm. and and you're right with the curated feed i mean i'll notice sometimes where i'll be on my computer and i'll look up something you know i'll look up maybe some new shoes or a certain brand and then i'll hop on tiktok maybe later that day and all of a sudden what do you know i'm getting a bunch of reviews for shoes or for yeah. similar products on my feed. Um, and it's kind of scary, you know, like even uh, there was one time, and this is why I put, you know, a little camera, what's it called, camera cover? Oh, the cover, yeah, yeah, on yeah. Computer. Because I, I used to never do that. I didn't really think anything of it. I mean, I've heard stories about it with like the NSA and things like that, but I didn't really think and much Tesla. about it. And Tesla, I guess now. <laughs> uh, but there was one time where I was laying in bed, or not laying in bed, I just got out of the shower, I was sat in bed, and I grabbed a Q-tip, and I was, you know, Q-tip in my ears, very satisfying, straight out of the shower. And, you know, I clicked on the next YouTube video after that, and the first ad was a Q-tip ad. And I've, I'd never gotten a Q-tip t- ad ever I mean, before. I, I've never even seen a Q-tip Me ad. Neither. I, no, seriously, I, I'm on YouTube every single day. I never, I see the same ads all the time. And all of a sudden, the next video after I was watching one and like used a Q-tip, I get a Q-tip ad. And I was like, holy shit. I didn't even say Q-tip. I was just, I was just, watch, I was just well, watching no, a video. It's not like, like I'm cleaning my ear with a Q-tip. Yeah. I'm going to say it. But. And then after that, I was like, okay, this is a little freaky. So I got the little camera. Um, Cover. Camera cover. Okay. Well, now I'm feeling like maybe I need to use it too. For this. <laughs> so, um, so we talked a little bit about this whole report that's come out from the Surgeon General, um, and um, and, and that goes right into the the multi district litigation. Um, that uh, so these cases, you know, this has been going on for a while now, but these cases have been consolidated in Northern District of California. Um, and the, the way that this lawsuit came about was that there was actually a whistleblower, a prior employee mm-hmm. of Meta, who came forward and um, they had some internal documents and basically showed that they were aware of what they were doing and they were aware of the harm that they were causing, mm-hmm. but they were choosing to continue to do these things and even to enhance them wow. um, because they were making, you know, a trillion dollars. I mean, it's a trillion dollar company, so billions yeah. and billions of dollars from doing this. Um, you know, and of course they, I mean, they are trying to get people addicted. Yeah. I mean, if you're addicted, you're going to keep using the product. I mean, just like with the tobacco and, yeah. and, and all of that. Um, but I mean, they actually do, it's called operant conditioning. And what they do is things like the, the likes, um, when, when you have something, you have somebody like your post, um, you get a dopamine release, dopamine release in your brain. Mm-hmm. Um, basically, it's like a inf- euphoria inducing. Yeah. And then you do that again and again, and you keep getting that dopamine hit. Mm-hmm. And the problem is that when you do that, and this is the same with other addictive substances also, your brain gets so used to yeah. this excess stimulation that it takes more. It takes mm-hmm. more and more to get that rush. And then over time, you don't even get a rush anymore. You just need to do that to feel normal. Mm-hmm. 
And, um, and, and then when people try to stop, they go through all of the same things that they go through with withdrawal or from, from other substances. I mean, they have the um, anxiety, uh, irritability, insomnia, cravings. I mean, it's really, truly an addiction, and they have... They, they know this. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they're, 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 that's the, the whole point. I mean, get people addicted and they'll keep using your product. Yeah. And it's, it's unfortunate because that is their product, right? That what they're trying to sell is attention. And when they're selling it to marketers or to sponsors and ad or, or ad advertisements, um, it's completely based off of how much time their users spend right. on the app. And so exactly. in order for them to make money, in order for them to be successful and beat out their competitors, they need their users to be on there even more, you yeah. know, as much time as possible. And something that it reminded me when you mentioned how uh, you know, the dopamine release and they kind of get used to it and they need more and more, like yeah. very similar to a drug addict, uh, there's Twitch streamers. You know, live streamers on Twitch, they 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 stream video games and whatnot, and a lot of them start out, and you know, they get a few hundred, a few thousand, and they're super excited. But what you hear from the big streamers is, you know, they'll they'll blow up, they'll go crazy, and for that month, maybe they get. 20, 30,000 people. Every time they stream, they get, you know, these insane numbers, right? You could fill up a stadium with everyone <laughs> that, that's watching. Uh-huh. Um, and some of them even break 100K. But then, you know, once things kind of die off or slow down, you know, slowing down, meaning maybe reduce 50%, you're getting 100K every time, and then you start getting 50K, and then you start getting 30K. And that's still insane numbers, right? right. It's so crazy. But it doesn't feel like no, that, and, right? Yeah, I mean, and they'll say, like, they get depressed because even though they know that those numbers are crazy and that they yeah. should be very happy and they're making good money, it's just not the same as when they have, like, this these insane, unreasonable numbers. Yeah, yeah. Well, and then that's going to cause all kinds of problems with them. I yeah. mean, depression, anxiety, all, all of these things. And I'm sure it's the same thing with like Instagram and likes, you know, you're happy getting a few hundred at first, you get a few thousand, nice. But, you know, I'm sure if you're an influencer, and that's your main job, and you start getting 20, 30k, if, if you all of a sudden get 20k instead of 30 or 40 on a picture, oof. That's game changing. That's gonna ruin your day. Maybe yeah, I'm happy week. if I get four likes on something I post. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, whoa, people like. <laughs> I know. I'm looking at some of our, our Facebook posts, our Facebook shorts. And I'm like, uh-huh. wow, ten likes. That's nice. <laughs> <laughs> we got to keep that up. <laughs> oh, that's a little scary. So, um, so one of the the things about the litigation, also, well, actually, let me back up a little bit because you used the term product, and I just wanted to kind of touch on the the, the big issue right now in the litigation is whether or not the meta, Facebook, Instagram, mm-hmm. these social media platforms are products as opposed to services. Because all of the laws that we're using and we're talking about yeah. with the failure to warn and, and um, all of this is based on product liability law. So that's kind of the first big step is, wow. is this actually a product? But see, you didn't even know that and you referred to it as a product. And I, it, it definitely yeah. feels like a, a product. So I'm, I'm pretty optimistic on that. They're trying to say, no, it's a service. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the other thing on the on the lawsuit that I just wanted to say is that, you know, the lawsuit involves people who have been severely injured. And we're going to talk about some of the specific injuries um, that, that people have experienced and um, they are making the claims. But the other thing that these lawsuits are, are about is changing the system and protecting people moving forward. Yeah. Um, and there are things that can be done that can protect younger people. And some of those are, for example, limiting the hours that notifications are sent to minors. Well, first of all, actually, let me just back up and say, you know, minors shouldn't be using these. And they say, oh, well, you're not allowed to use it unless you're 13. But how do they find out if somebody's 13? 
They ask them if they're 13 and they say yes. So that's why these eight-year-olds are getting on there. Well, I mean, and, and like I said earlier, it's like it's it's almost essential in a lot of well, like but friend groups and social groups. Well, but not for eight-year-olds. And, you know, and maybe it shouldn't be. And, and maybe that's up to, the, up to the parents. But... Um, you know, because that's, that's, that's pretty darn young. Yeah. But so, so it, it needs to go back to them to have some safeguards to make sure that they aren't feeding this product to people who are eight years old, who are super young. Um, and so, and again, even if they're 13, I mean, you know, these notifications, it's another one of those things. They, they time how these notifications get out to make you feel like you need to jump on and you need to see things. So certain hours that minors should not be getting these notifications. They shouldn't be getting like poked and prodded yeah. to get on. Um, limiting the, the limit what hours the minors can access can access it at all. Um, limit targeted marketing to minors. Um, you know, again, we don't need to be marketing cool sculpting and plastic surgery and no. diet pills and all of these things to minors. Um, and in um, what we had talked about, require images by influencers to be identified when enhanced. So yeah. some of those things um, could certainly go a long way, I would think, um, in, in protecting. Yeah, it's, it sounds like there are steps that can be made on the side of the company. Um, but, you know, something that I've noticed with a lot of these newer products coming out, you know, it's, it's an attention game. Every every service or product, whatever you want to call it, is is dying for more attention and more screen time, and that's just the way that it kind of is. And I do agree that there needs to be a lot more protections for minors. I'm kind of curious on how they go about that because, like you said, I mean, they ask if you're 13, and if you lie about it, if you say you're 18, then even if they implement all this, it still won't apply because they're you know they're saying that they're an adult, and you know what else can you do other than send in you know, what, you don't even have a driver's license, <laughs> you know, maybe your passport or something as a 13 year old. Yeah. Well, I don't know, but I mean, once you are old enough to have a driver's license and again, that's, I'm not sure exactly what the answer is to that, but there yeah. could be ways or having a parental, you know, consent or something along those lines. Although I guess if you don't know the yeah. minor, that's not really going to. I know. And, it, and it's tough because I think, you know, obviously it shouldn't all be on the parent, but it, it kind of is, you know, you got to be aware of what your kid's doing on, on the apps and, and what they're, how much time they're spending on it. And you see, you hear this term a lot, iPad kids, um, you know, yeah. and, it, and it's used on like people that, you know, they're eating a meal and they need to watch something or they're yeah. doing something, they need that kind of a constant attention exactly. or their, their attention being brought or given somewhere. Yeah. Um, it's just feel like it's almost becoming culture, day-to-day culture. Well, it, it is, <laughs> <laughs> you know, so on the issue of parent responsibility, um, also the American Psychological Association has released their first ever social media guide for parents. Good. Um, so um, let's put up a link to that as well. Um, and, you know, the, hopefully there are some good suggestions. You know, one of the things that, that um, has come up in these social media cases is that um, parents are oftentimes really surprised at how much activity is going on with yeah. their kids. I mean, kids are very sneaky. And then the other crazy thing is that, you know, um, when we're interviewing these kids and or the families and we're asking, you know, um, about, about their various accounts, I mean, some of them have like 30, 40 accounts. I mean, it's crazy. They have all of these different names and wow. identities and... Yeah. Um, yeah. And kids are just sneaky. I mean, if they're not supposed to be doing something, they're going to try to find a way to do it. They're going to do it outside of the home. Um, but I would, I would definitely recommend if you do have, have children or young adults in your home to check out that report by the American Psychological Association. Well, I'm sure too, as like an older parent, you know, unless you're, you're really a younger parent, 
you know, you're not even aware of all the, the apps out yeah. there and how much time people are spending on and how addicting it can be. And even kind of, like I said, you know, how ingrained it is into culture now, especially the younger generation. Uh, I mean, you can go into middle school and you see people doing TikTok and Fortnite dances. <laughs> you know, trend. I wouldn't even know what that was. <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. And so it's hard to say, you know, parents need to look out for this, but yeah. they don't even know what to look out for. They don't, yeah. not only do they not know the risks, they don't know what's actually going on, which makes it even easier for the kids to kind of sneak around. Yeah. Well, and that was one of the things too, that, that, uh, you know, parents now didn't, we didn't grow up with that. We didn't have it. So, you know, I mean, I knew like a lot of things to look out for as far as the other things, non-social media things that I had done to make sure you might not be doing the same things. I knew the signs to look for, but you know, maybe when you have children, you'll be better prepared. Yeah. But you know, those of us who grew up before this, you know, we, we, we were learning. Yeah. Things are changing too. I don't know if you saw, uh, Apple just had a big conference where they're releasing all their new products and new things kind of coming out, new iOS and whatnot. Uh, but the big product that they released, oh, the, the VR. VR headset. Yeah, I did yeah. see that. It's, it's big news across Web3, across my crypto Twitter that I'm always on. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it, it's it's pretty crazy that it's a big name like Apple's coming into it and, and making a big splash. I mean, it's yeah. crazy expensive. I was going to say, isn't it like several thousand dollars? It's like 3500 like roughly yeah. around there, yeah. 37 something like that. Um, but I mean, apparently the quality of it and, and what they're doing is is really, really high quality and really good. Yeah. I mean... Not maybe not worth the money, but well, or maybe I maybe it is fun to like know. try it out. I bet there's like lines at the Apple Store now. Oh, to I'm sure, out. I'm sure, and I'm I'm sure that's gonna kind of start a whole wave of VR. It already kind of VR was something that I felt like was very um, I don't know. There's a stigma behind it, but when a big name like Apple comes in, yeah. it's gonna change it, and and it adds up more opportunity for social media and this attention yeah, game. But to see, this is a whole another thing that, that's going to be crazy that kids are going to be exposed yeah. to this. So. I mean, people are sitting on Snapchat and Facebook. Oh, next thing you know, they're going to be sitting on their VR headset hanging out at, at the playground. <laughs> oh. Hanging out at the playground, talking to the boys on the VR headset. <laughs> I can't quite picture this, but... Yeah. Uh, okay. So just to kind of finish up on the social media cases, um, these are, it is a multi-district litigation. This is a very active litigation. Um, we are um, taking cases currently. Um, the criteria is basically um, the, the person needs to have used Facebook or Instagram or both um, and started before they were 21. Mm. So in fact, we just got a call today with, you know, 65 year old woman and wanted to bring a case for her 35 year old son. I was like, Oh, I could, I could do that. I was on Snapchat before I was 21. Uh-huh. Well, okay. And you used it more than three hours per day. Yeah, maybe. I would say most, I, I think most people use it more than three hours a day. That's actually pretty minimal. And then the injuries are depression, anxiety, eating disorders, um, a lot of bulimia, anorexia, some really bad stuff there. Um, body dysmorphia, Thoughts of self-harm, self-harm, suicidal ideation, and attempts at suicide, and ultimately suicide. It's a lot. It's Yeah, so the very serious injuries, very serious um, situations, those are are primarily the cases that that, that we're filing right now. Um, And, and of course, most of these cases, it it is the parents that would be contacting if they're still minors. Um, But, um, you know, the set of litigation is heating up, and then this report coming out, um, you know, just really supports, uh, supports the case yeah. a lot. So, so that's, um, something that's happening right now. Well, that's a solid update and it sounds like it's getting a little bit more attention as well as, um, I don't know what the word is kind of just 
certification or validation that this yeah, is something yeah. that's really kind of going on and to keep an eye out. And, you know, it's good that they're putting out the guides for the parents as well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, because I mean, you know, people are really at a loss. I mean, yeah. what do you, you know, what do you do? How do you do it? Um, you know, and hopefully the whole platforms will, the platforms will become safer. I mean, there may be regulations, who knows, but something, something needs to change because kids are really suffering right now. Yeah. Uh, we have been going on for a little bit, so I, I want to kind of touch on questions before okay. we close out. Um, you know, what, what kind of questions have we been getting from the audience? Have we gotten any? Well, I actually got one in person the other night. Oh. Um, yeah, I know. I was actually um, at uh, the Treasure. Well, so Tihan, an organization here in Tucson, put on um, a really great event. It was called Disco in the Desert. Um, anyway, um, and I was talking to somebody and, um, and actually just shout out to him, Will Dingledine. Do not make fun of his name. He said that he's... I, I didn't say anything. If anything, I'd be offended that you even gave me that warning. All right. Well, I'm just saying he, he said he had experienced some, some, some hassling. Anyway, really nice guy. Um, happened to be a realtor. And I actually might need him since I'm sick of this house. But mm. <laughs> anyway, uh, we were just talking and uh, we were talking about the Chicken McNugget case. I'm telling you that case, is, it's never going to go away. Um, and he was asking me about um, the, the McDonald's coffee case. And it's just interesting because, um, again, it was a situation where um, people just have such a, a, a really biased perspective. The, the media really did a disservice to the, that case. Um, uh, and it, it was not a situation where um, that, you know, this woman asked for all of these millions and millions of dollars. It really wasn't. I mean, literally, that was a case where McDonald's was well aware of the fact mm -hmm. that their coffee was so hot um, that it had caused really serious burns, um, had been told and complaints had been made. And they were like, nope, we're making a lot of money on this coffee. And um, it's just tastes better when it's really hot. That's how we're serving it. Mm -hmm. um, and then ultimately, you know, this happened and uh, it was spilled on her thighs. She had had to have surgeries. I mean, it was it was much it was not just a little burn. Yeah. It, you know, the, the woman had permanent scarring. She had surgeries, um, you know, and then the big the big issue really is that the amount of money wasn't about how much what her injuries were. And they were really serious. The amount of money had to do with how do you punish a corporation? Mm -hmm. You know what? It's punitive. punitive, punitive damages, and how much money does it take to make a company stop doing something yeah. that they know is hurting people? Um, and and they use the number of like how much money they earned on um, selling coffee in one day. Yeah. I mean, so it was really, it sounded like this huge, huge, crazy number. Yeah. And it made, uh, made people just get mad at lawyers and mad at plaintiffs and all of this. Um, but again, you know, if you want a company to not do something, I mean, you know, if they just have to pay $50,000 for medical bills, it's not going to, they're not going to change anything. That's, That's nothing. To them. It's just nothing to them. Yeah. Um, so if you want a company to stop doing something dangerous, you have to figure out how to hurt them. Yeah. Um, and, you know, there's a lot of theories about, you know, what, you know, how that could change. Could that, those punitive damages um, be, be not given to the plaintiff? Could those go, you know, to burn victims or, you know, those sorts of things? Yeah. I mean, and that's a whole separate discussion. But, you know, again, um, it, it really, there's a big difference between the compensatory and the punitives. Um, and so that was something we had talked about just at the, at the event and and uh, thought I would <laughs> yeah. just address that one more time because it's coming, you know, it's, it's hot again in the news, uh, pardon the pun, but with the uh, McNugget case, yeah. you know, well, and, and, back. And, you know, like you said, it's kind of, it has to do with the media. 
with the way that the story was told and yeah. the way it was presented to everyone and it and it I'm sure it did sound like very insane, crazy, unreasonable at times with the way that it was kind of mm-hmm. cherry picking information. Um, and it goes along with my conspiracy theory about mainstream <laughs> media, you know, being oh, controlled. That's right. I forgot. Being I forgot. controlled by the billion dollar companies. And if there's anyone that's got a lot of money, it's McDonald's. <laughs> McDonald's. Well, if they're charging $11 for a Big Mac, they've got a lot of money. Yeah, a lot of money to buy out these media companies. (laughs) (laughs) Control out what they say. Uh, All right. All right. (laughs) But I think we should probably close off on that. Um, is there anything else you want to touch on before, before we end up the show here? Um, no, I don't think so. Um, we are going to next week be talking about the PFAS litigation. That's the forever chemicals. Um, that's kind of hot in the news right now. It looks like there's a pending, uh, or a looming, uh, potential settlement. Um, so that'll be our main topic. And then of course, you know, whatever interesting things we see in the news and, um, you know, Come up with some questions or some really embarrassing, cringy moments that keep you up at night. We'd love to hear about it. Yeah, I might have to think of a few, depending on, you know, if people like my story. But, um, yeah, that being said, I think we're ready to close out. Thank you, everyone, for for tuning in this week. We'll be back next week for some juicy info. (laughs) Uh, Remember to subscribe, like, share. Give us five stars. Yeah. Check us out on, on Facebook, YouTube, Spotify, Instagram. We're on all of them. We're on all of them. We're everywhere. Yeah. And TikTok, we got all the shorts coming up. But uh, yeah, thank you for tuning in. We'll see you yes. next week. Thank you. Prioritizing profit. Prioritizing profit. Prioritizing profit. Dangerous drug and product cases.